Ugh, I love this movie. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen this movie? <laughs> And we're rolling! Welcome back to So I Married a Cinephile. I'm Ben Farmer. And I'm Megan Carver. Thank you so much for... This is episode four of oh my god two. it's so weird the other day i was looking through all of the different episodes that we've done i mm. was trying to tell our friends rebecca and josh like oh my god we've done all of these movies right and i was looking through it and i was like oh we haven't we haven't done that many but we have like we've this is done, like the 20th episode isn't yeah it? we've done a lot of them yeah. but it feels like looking at that i, I think it just seemed like less than it it's is it's still fairly new we haven't even been doing this for a year no and we've already done an entire season and we're four episodes into the second one right which we did 16 so this is our 20th episode i love how i'm comparing this to like television where i know <laughs> <laughs> because we're just one season in guys our writers are still figuring out what's funny because it's so complicated to record a podcast it is and it's super easy to shoot a tv show it's so much easier so not a whole lot of moving parts on a tv show at all no 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 anyways how was your week it was good Work is crazy right now. Yes, that's right. I got a text message from them. I, oh, really? Yeah. Nice. I got an email and it followed right up by a text message, Great. but it didn't say who it was from. <laughs> the text message I got just one of those said, too, actually. The text it was from like a 646 said, number. Hey, we're moving over to a different program. Yeah. That's you a, can't use it anymore. And oh, I'm like, the so fuck here it is. is this? Within the next 24-48 hours, all systems will be down as we transition platforms. In the interim, we encourage you to book your classes for the next couple of... <laughs> There's nothing after that. I'm like, next couple of what? So that's from First of Row all, House. Who is this? <laughs> yeah. Like, I didn't know this was Row House. Right. Yeah. I'm like, you can say that. At, you know, <laughs> it just cuts off like mid text. Like, if this were a friend or something, I thought they were dead. Like, right. I thought, like, their, that was the their end. Arm they got hit co- by a car. Or, or mugged or something. Somehow. Um, so, yeah, we are, uh, long story short, we're changing operating systems. And so I have never felt more powerless at work than today. Like, right. I, I took more notes with a pen and paper than I had since my first play uh, in college. Like it good was old fashioned yeah. pen and I'm paper. Like, I'm going to start writing in cursive just to kick myself in the shin a little bit more today right. because I, I feel like I can't get anything done. Um, I'm doing so, a quick recording while we're here. Oh, I thought you were taking say. a selfie. Hi. Yeah. It's weird. So we're recording the podcast now, but you're seeing it in this video. Is this live? No. Oh, okay. That's not very high stakes then. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's a uh, work is uh, it's it's great. It's all again good change. But um, I'm so used to the mind body operating system that mm-hmm. having to use a new one is like learning a new language. It's it's a little anytime rough yeah. and tumble. A I, lot of change, but change, guys, change is the most consistent thing we have in life. And yet you hate change. And yet you are so adverse Why are you singling me? I'm a Taurus. I number knew you one. were going to say that. I am extremely stubborn yes. because I'm a Taurus. Number and, two. And also number three, you're a man. I'm a man. Number four, I'm Irish. So I will, I'll just deal, you know? 
And so you're right. I, I right. feel like. So I can't single you out. Yeah, well, okay. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like all of us, uh, I don't know. I don't want to speak for all of humanity, but, but I want to say we all have a built-in aversion to change because oh, we get set into our comfort zone and onto our, our, our usual routine and things like that. This is good for me in the end because it helps me be aware of those kinds of well, and also, limits that I set. And also too, I mean, should you ever work for a company other than Row House, mm-hmm. you've now had exposure to two different types of client management systems. Yes. So that will make it easier. If you have to learn a third, you'll have kind of navigated through a couple of them. And since I did two years at Actor Camp and don't have an official degree, any way I can build up my resume <laughs> is good. It's good. But I'm about to celebrate my three-year anniversary at Row House. They've Yay! been amazing to me. Um, right before we go on our vacation this weekend mm-hmm. because it's our anniversary. Do you uh, hear music? I hear music. <laughs> I don't know where that's coming from. When I mention our anniversary, you start hearing music. No. It's just so like I can hear the bells and hairspray. Yes, that's exactly I like that. <laughs> Penny's like, what? Yeah, that was my favorite part of that the show. Bells. I don't hear anything. When I was Penny and oh, I just was, Oh, you were hilarious. I was crying because I couldn't find the bells. I was so upset. <laughs> you were so distraught. I was. And then all of a sudden, Tracy could hear them. out of nowhere, some giant burly man, Joel Walker, runs up and picks me up and carries me over right next to Tracy. And I don't know what happened. In a way that only Joel Walker can. Yes. It was like moving a prop. It was just like, pick up. Here we go. This is where it's supposed to be. And he, he, his feet didn't even touch the ground. Either. No, it was like watching Fred Astaire move a prop. It was just fucking seamless. If Joe Walker's listening, I, I don't know if he is, but we'll, we'll but mention. We'll tag him on Instagram. Speaking of shout out, uh, yes. uh, I wanted to. Are you done talking about I, your week? Am though? I done talking about my week? Let's see. Three years at Row House. They're switching over to a different client management system. It's our anniversary this coming anniversary. weekend. Four years of not getting divorced. So right. good for us. <laughs> Here's to another four, <laughs> and then we'll revisit it. Yeah, we'll check in every four years just to see where we're at. Um, yes, I'm done. So okay, so my week was great, mainly because. Well, no, it wasn't great. I'm sorry. <laughs> I take had, that back. It, it's, it was bittersweet because it's like I got sick for the second time in yeah. as many months, yeah, man. which made me frustrated. So I'm getting over a cold, mm-hmm. um, which made me frustrated, but then also too made me reexamine, you know, am I doing too much? Do I need to pull back? Um, but then on the plus side of things, stuff that I've been really hustling hard for, mm-hmm. which is part of the overworking. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that really paid off this week in a, a really unexpected way because my friend, I hope I can call her my friend, um, Lindsay Brooks was the casting director for The Office, the musical, which mm-hmm. I was in final callbacks right. for Michael Scott. Um, and Lindsay and I ended up forming a friendship out of this. And she was like, hey, do you want to come see the final dress rehearsal of The Office, the musical? That's amazing. So we're going to see that That's tomorrow incredible. night. I'm so excited. Yeah. And she's such a nice person. And mm-hmm. it's like, I'm yeah, the hustle is great and the hustle is important and getting what you want in your career is important. But yes. I'm almost more happy about having made a friend. And uh, I feel like that's definitely a part of our long game in yeah. the sense that people skills and making connections is a very important part of what we do right because everyone knows everyone and And also too, like enrich your own life by making friends with people and creating a good relationship with people plus 
you know, rising tide raises all ships, you know, like there's, there's nothing bad that nothing bad will come of you making friends right. and lifting other people up. Exactly. That's only going to add to your life right. in, in good ways and theirs. Yeah. So, so speaking of adding and enriching to your life, there's a car outside <laughs> and I have to go. That's my ride. Um, <laughs> uh, where's this transition headed? Speaking of adding and enriching to your life and having experiences oh, that are new to you. Absolutely. We, we watched, watched National Lampoon's Vacation. Insert Lindsey Buckingham Holiday Road here. I I will do that. I will insert <laughs> these things that you say. But do it now. Okay. There it is. You're welcome. Period. I'm really glad you were able <laughs> to guide me into that because otherwise I wouldn't have known what to do. Uh, this is the, uh, I, I guess I should say, original vacation movie just because there have been... Uh, oh my God, there have been so many. Well, more recently there was not a remake, but a sort of a remounting, but the, the title of National Lampoons wasn't tied to it. It was simply called Vacation. Mm. And it had to do with the grown-up versions of the kids taking their kids oh, on vacation. I didn't know that. So, yes. Uh, yeah, so National National Lampoon's Vacation uh, came out in 1983, directed by Harold Ramis, written by the amazing John Hughes, uh, starring Chevy Chase as Clark Griswold, also starring Beverly D'Angelo, Imogene Coca, Randy Quaid, Anthony Michael Hall, Dana Barron, uh, Eddie Bracken, Brian Doyle Murphy, Eugene Levy. You think you hate it now? But wait till you drive. Eugene fucking Levy. In this movie. Was and amazing. Uh, honorable mentions to Jane Krakowski that for was her first so movie. That was so crazy. Because I haven't seen this movie like all the way through for a long time. And well, I think you said every, too. Yeah. every single time I watched it, it was on TV. Like right, Comedy so it's Central. edited. Right. So I never seen, I don't think I'd seen a full uncut version of right. this movie. So yeah. it was really great to see. Also, Christine Brinkley, uh, Christy Brinkley, mm -hmm. uh, who plays uh, Gail Gergich on <laughs> Parks and Rec. Welcome, everybody, to another Gergich Christmas. It's so cool to see her, like, in her debut role, but she sounds and looks exactly the same. I mean, yeah. It's like, crazy. She's aged incredibly. Yeah. And whether uh, that be by by knife or by life, she's I don't think she's had any work done, honestly. I, I don't know. I really I I can't tell. I should say I don't know either way. <laughs> if she has had it done by by knife, right, then you it, can't tell. You can't tell. So props to whoever her potential doctors maybe if she um one. also uh john candy of course plays the uh security guard at right. wally world yes and and we were just talking about this it's one of those comedies came out in 90 uh 83 excuse me Gosh. to me almost seems a little bit quaint compared to a lot of comedies over the last maybe 10 to 20 years right. i can't help but it, reference like the american pie movies but also yes, it kind of also, was the starter for those kinds of movies. Right, right. This is the second movie, I think, in the National Lampoon's canon, I guess, Animal House. You're talking about Delta, sir. Was the first one. Oh, uh, okay. With uh, John Belushi. Right. So to give you a little bit of history about National Lampoon's, it okay. was sort of like, not like a mad magazine, but it was sort of an all-encompassing oh, media group. Oh, right. that's right. In yes. which um, Harold Ramis, you know, Bill and Brian Doyle Murphy, all of these really well-known comics... Uh, we're writing and working on. Yeah. Um, specifically, you have, again, Eugene Levy, Harold Ramis, who directed it. Um, all of these guys work together at SCTV, which is basically the Canadian version 
of Saturday Night Live, right? which is where Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara first started working together. That's where they formed their relationship. Um, so again, National Lampoon's was this publication that really kind of pushed the boundaries of comedy. It mm-hmm. was it was not quite Monty Python-esque, but I, I think it was maybe the Americanized version of Python. Yeah, it was a little bit more raunchy, I A little feel. bit more, and they definitely pushed the envelope in yeah. that area, and I think that's what maybe separated it from being just silly. And it seemed like what they did specifically for this is they tried to find, if Animal House was like college kids, Mm-hmm. then this was them trying to be like, all right, well, what's a family-friendly movie that we That's can produce? That's exactly it. And they were trying to ride that line between like, because in this movie, you'll see like, there's there's like some jarring nudity yeah. in it that you don't really expect. Yeah, all of a sudden I didn't really it was expected. just like boob alert. Like, oh, boobs. Yeah, there's boobs in there. Um, because they were, they were trying to, to walk that line between, okay, do we make this similar to Animal House in the right. sense that it's a little more raunchy, a little more out of control? Or since it's a family, essentially a family movie, do we try our best to appeal to that audience as well? Mm. So that's where they were sort of riding the line. I did not think they succeeded at that. You don't think so? No. I didn't dislike this movie. Like I laughed a couple times, like Mm -hmm. a good hard laugh. Mm -hmm. Um, But then there were other times that I just was like just dumbfounded. At what the fuck was going on. Right. And then also, too, it was like there were so many points of it that I I literally just called out what was about to happen. I literally said, well, the dog is back there. Right. And then a few minutes later, the police pulls them over because there's an empty leash behind them right. and the remains of a dog. <laughs> Poor little guy. Probably kept up with you for a mile or so. Like, oh, it was God. so predictable. And right. I know that, right. like, a lot of comedies tend to be predictable. Right. Like, I know that's that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it it seemed even more so. Yeah. And yeah. because of that, I enjoyed it less. Okay. Because it was too predictable. Do you feel like that has to do with the, the writing would be the reason why? I mean, I don't know. Because I haven't seen Animal House. Okay. Um, I have seen, like, you know, I've seen Caddyshack. Mm-hmm. And I've seen uh, Ghostbusters. Sure. Like, I've seen stuff that, you know, that the director and writer have worked on. Sure. And I've enjoyed those immensely. I feel like, again, that since they were trying so hard to appeal to two different audiences equally, yeah. that it almost it missed its mark because it, kinda, it couldn't decide what to do. It almost cancels the other out. Exactly. It's yeah. like, I feel like they could have gone either full family and then just, you know, edged it back a little bit to right. what would now be considered a PG-13. This would be more of an R rating now. Yeah, I think so. And Or, or go the opposite way and make it completely ridiculous and super raunchy and go for all the adults that are remembering their family vacations. Right. It was a little bit of both. And adding to that note, remembering your family vacations, this is based on a short story of John Hughes's trip to Disneyland, I think, when he was a kid. That would make sense. So the the original short story, which was submitted to National Lampoons, was called uh, Vacation 58. So this was in 1958 when John Hughes and his family did a cross-country vacation to a theme park. Mm -hmm. And so he wrote a short story about that it was eventually picked up uh, and then by Warner Brothers, I think, Got and it. made into a screenplay. And they yeah. hired John Hughes to write the screenplay. Too. I mean, so here's the <clears> thing. <throat> I mean, from from start to finish, like, there's some great performances. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, some of this stuff, just the, I will say, I love the physical comedy. Yeah. That's that's always Something that Chevy Chase is very, or and was very well known for. Right. When he was starting out. But the things that, like, bothered me again are things that probably wouldn't fly today. Sure. You know, like, for example, when 
Uh, this is well. Do we want to go through the movie? Or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it, it starts off. Uh, Clark Griswold and his family are going on this cross country vacation. They live in Chicago and they're headed to Wally World. Big vacation. The whole family. Wally World. Wally World. Very exciting one. Which is essentially a double for Disneyland. Um, they're headed to Wally World because they they're the family itself are very big fans of Wally as a cartoon character. It's sort of like this Rocky and Bullwinkle dynamic. Right. I mean, it's like it's basically it's yeah, it's basically like any families out there that are Disney obsessed, and you yes. see them all the time. Like they they all know the theme song. They know the theme songs. They've got Pinterest boards on how to cut through the lines the fastest. Right. Like where to go in the Magic Kingdom for this one specific character. Yeah. Like they're major Disney hackers. What times to find like Peter Pan? Exactly. You know, And immediately we're introduced to Clark Griswold as this complete buffoon who who is so yes uh, played by Chevy Chase. Clark Griswold is obsessed about this trip. He's super excited. He's planned it all out. He's getting his kids and his wife psyched up, even though they they all kind of want to fly to California. And he's like, no, like the road trip is, yeah, that's part of the adventure. And so the first thing is we meet Clark, who's trading in his car for a newer model. And of course, that doesn't go well, but he just ends up like swallowing it because not only is he optimistic, but he he doesn't want to give off the vibe that he is in the wrong to that his kids and his wife. Movie. Oh, that yeah. is the it's, entire it is, movie. That is the entire movie. An exercise in male ego, but when he's pushed to a certain point, he goes a little nuts. Right, exactly. You know? So to me, so, it's like the everyman who's yes. put through this like ringer of events just trying to get to this theme park. In it's California. the every dad. It's, it's the every dad. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so they so they get on the road. And there's a couple of different stops that they make that... That, that worked out perfectly. Did you hear that horn? <laughs> you don't even need to do a yeah, sound effect no, for that. Yeah, no, that's right in there. <laughs> um, so they get on the road and then they make a couple of unplanned stops. So what was one of them? So I know that they stopped and met her cousins. Right. So they stop and meet Beverly D'Angelo's cousins. One of them is played by Randy Quaid. Um, they stop off because they're like extended family. And right. so she wants to stop off and so, sort of like... And I can completely relate to this. I don't know who of my family is listening to this, but I, I think my siblings and like we all know, and maybe we all have family members like this, where seeing them is almost like obligatory. Where oh, you're just yeah. like, oh, fuck. And you just dread those experiences. And so that's exactly what Clark is experiencing. He's like, I really don't want to see these guys. Like, mm. But salt of the earth, bless them. Let's stop by. And they're like, <laughs> they have like homemade ketchup and... Like the the dad is sort of like farm. this. The, yeah, they got a worm farm. The dad is sort of this this Vietnam vet, like drunk slash. Yeah, deadbeat. he's unemployed because he's... he got laid off from the asbestos factory. Right. The army cuts my disability pension because they said that the plate in my head wasn't big enough. <laughs> and you have you laugh it off, but at the same time you're like, oh god. Yeah, you and know? then the mom though is working two night jobs, plus also being a stay at home mom. Plus right. they have four kids and one on the way. Yeah, it's so just absolutely it's, insane. Like, yeah, turned up to eleven, and so one of them is with like their extended cousins, and Clark ends up like giving him like all of this cash, which like depletes some of their travel money. Then they have to take Beverly D'Angelo's great aunt along for the ride that was played also by Imogene too, Coca. yeah that was such a throwaway character you think so she did not need to be in the movie yeah I will say so d- during filming um she actually suffered a stroke and she couldn't remember her lines oh like my God. she yeah so the, and and I think well, you now can, I feel like a terrible person yeah well you should okay um God. 
Quiet down, Russ. I was saving that to make you feel like a terrible person. <laughs> no, but I think you can kind of tell because she she suffered a stroke during filming. She also suffered from Alzheimer's because of it. So she couldn't really remember a whole lot of her lines. And oh she, she hated traveling in the car, like personally hated traveling in the car. I don't know why she took the role. Yeah. Imogene Coco, who's famous mostly for being Sid Caesar's opposite on his variety show oh. in the 50s. And so she had sort of this wholesome demeanor and reputation. Gotcha. And she didn't really even want to play the part because she didn't want to, like, quote unquote, play a bad guy. Um, but she did it anyway, just to sort of, you know. I, I just feel like it was such a throwaway character. Yeah, and I agree. They like, didn't really even, need Anna. Even, no, even if, like, so let's say, you know, bless her, even if none of that had happened, yeah. um, it was just completely unnecessary character she was sort of a conduit to lead them into other wacky situations like spoilers she dies during the trip and so they strap the body to the top of the car and the kids don't want to sit next to a dead body which i'm also too that's where i was like uh you have a back to your car right it's a station why didn't you just put her in the back of your car right because it's a dead body and they didn't want it in the car and and she also has the dog Sparky, I think, yeah, is the dog's name, Something and so like that. that leads to Clark, you know, tying the dog to the back of the car and then accidentally driving away with the dog's dog. <laughs> Which again, it's the not, it's not, it's funny, not but it's funny, funny, but it's funny. Uh, I just, oh, this God. is one of those things. Okay, so this is a movie that my mom would. I don't know if she's watched this movie or if she has. If she, I likes bet it. she watched it with your dad at some point. Probably, but she's one of those. Like, she doesn't like, like for example, Meet the Fockers. Mm. She hated that movie. Does it stress her out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's why. something this about would Mary. Stress her out. She wouldn't. She hated that movie. Anything right. where bad things are happening to people, right? She doesn't like watching it. It makes right. her really uncomfortable. And I felt kind of the same way for this. It was just like, oh my god, like anything that could go wrong will go wrong. Yes. It's almost episodic in a way because they they keep going it's a from fucking one odyssey. from one episode to the next to the next it's to the ridiculous. next. It's ridiculous. Okay, so then so Edna's dead. Edna's dead. They go drop her at like a family member's house. I think they it was her, her son's house. It was her son's. Oh, okay. They they, they leave her, her body on the back patio. To a lawn chair and propped an umbrella over her head because it's still raining right. and left a note saying, hey, here's yeah, your mom. She Sorry, died. she's dead. Right. <laughs> Hope you had a good trip because he left a note saying uh, he would come back on Monday. Right. Uh, so that all happens and then they go to a nearby hotel like, yes. to calm down for the right. night. This is later on. This is when I got mad. Oh, okay. This is when I got mad. I could tell. Uh, because the whole time during this whole movie, <laughs> there are these little inserts of fucking... Christine Brinkley. Christine Brinkley. Thank you. Uh, in a in a hot red car. Like, could not emphasize more. Like this is what 80s. you are giving up in order to have your family. Oh, sure. Like, sure. the dream of, like, the hot car and the hot girl and all of that. And I will say... In the original screenplay, it was actually Rusty, the son, who was supposed to have a romance with the girl. That makes but, way more but sense. But during the rewrites, they turned it into a vehicle for the dad for more comedic bits, okay. I guess. So it, it wasn't, it was supposed to be Rusty sort of chasing after this girl and kind of meeting up with her at the end and that kind of thing. I like that better. Yeah. I mean, granted, it would need to be a much younger woman. Yeah, I'll in get into that. There's actually some other. Uh, uh, bits with her that were ultimately cut oh. that I'll get into a little okay. bit later. So anyway, um, Christy so she, so she, yeah. So then finally, like he gets into this huge fight with his wife mm. um, and he's like, you know what? That's it. I'm just, I'm going out and mm. he goes out and he goes to a bar mm-hmm. and clearly has the intent of hooking up with someone. It's too bad you're married. I'm in the mood for some fun. Married? 
Oh, you mean those people I'm with? That's <laughs> my brother's family. Like, it's not even brushed over. It's. Do you think he would have, though? Yes. Even with the pulse, like, <laughs> One everything that thousand happened. 1,000%. If he had hooked up with a different woman so that hadn't turned him though. down. Right. Let's say a woman hadn't turned him down. Okay. And had been like, yeah, he absolutely would have gone back to their hotel room. Like, I don't think there was any hesitation in his mind about it. Okay. It was just that he had met up with this woman he had been kind of chasing but kind of not <laughs> she just shows up randomly on every highway they're which, on which why was she too at the one point when they're eating sandwiches <laughs> he's like blowing kisses like, with the sandwich like dancing slapping around. himself in the what face what was with she it. doing why was she dancing around in front of her car with a bottle is of it a coke fa- is it a fantasy I was is like, it all in his head is this I, I was like is are they shooting a commercial and he doesn't realize that she's not actually doing it to him right I was expecting someone to say cut and it's actually for a soda commercial oh and, and he looks like a total idiot, like dancing with this like yeah, bologna like sandwich in his hand, like slapping it's himself. It's just <laughs> so ridiculous. Like, how is that even sexy? It's not. It's That's not. So at any rate, he meets up with this woman mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, I've been seeing you along the way. Which also, P.S., where is she going? Right. Like, what is she doing right. out here? I'll, I'll get into that a little um, So at any rate, they meet up and then she's like, okay, well, let's just go for a walk and talk and oops, all of my clothes are off and I'm jumping into the pool. You Mm -hmm. should jump in with me. Right. And then he takes off all of his clothes. I think he leaves his boxers on. I think No, I think he strips naked. Was he naked? And so then he jumps in the pool and then he shrieks because it's so cold Mm -hmm. and literally the entire motel wakes up and comes out because they think someone's being attacked. (laughs) And so then at that point, he like, his wife comes out and he's like, oh, I was just, we were just talking about, you know, our different respective trips. And, oh, right. Or something. And, and she was like, like the, the hotel pool. She was the hotel pool, pool waitress, waitress. Right. Or something like that. And she, like the wife clearly doesn't buy it. Right. And goes back in. Right. So then he goes back upstairs mm. and apologizes. Although the best line, the one that made me the most furious, although I'm sure 1000% there are men that will relate to this. <laughs> Where he's like, well, I'd stay if I weren't married, but I am. <laughs> I think I lost the exact same way. It's such like, and that's why. It's such a dick thing. It's, it's a it dick is. thing, it's but a dick it's, thing. it's also like the most, like, it's also like the most simplistic thing you could say because <laughs> it's such like, it. and you and I have had these conversations yeah. so much. I'm like, yeah. it's such a dick thing. Right. You know, like, cause that's, that's like. 98% of what we're thinking about at any given moment. Yeah. You know, and it's it's not like, oh, woe was me. But at the same time, of course, he would say something like that because he can't, he control doesn't control ha- himself. Well not, well, not only control himself, but he doesn't have like the intelligence enough to no, like convey to anything else. Or to process be like, in a different yeah, way. I'd stay if I weren't married, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a stupid line. Yeah. And that's why to me, when I asked him, like, oh, do you think he would have gone through with it? Even if he had, yeah. I'd, um, I'd, I don't fight you on the fact that maybe, yeah, he would have gone back to But to you don't think he would have done I don't something. Think, I don't think he would have been able to follow through at all because he's such an idiot. Mm-hmm. You know, like a bookshelf probably would have fallen on his head or something. Like So for me, though, it doesn't matter if he's clumsy. Oh, it's about the intent. Of course. The and intent that's where is I agree there and you. that's where I get that's mad. That's actually what, that, that's exactly what, yeah. what I agree with is that he, he absolutely would have intended to do that. Right. But given the type of person he is, he is such a moron. Right. That he, he, he can barely get the job finished with his own wife. Right. Like he can't like, they get on the massage bed. Right. They try, they try having sex in the tent, but then like, 
like the dog starts biting their sleeping bag. Right. Like so, he can't catch a fucking break. So, but so. the, okay. The, the cherry on top of all of this mm-hmm. though, is when he goes upstairs and his wife is in bed and she's clearly upset, mm-hmm. but she's more like upset. The level of like, if he had said your dress isn't really that pretty or I burned breakfast. Or yeah. It, like she was upset to a much lesser degree than I think she should have been. Oh, sure. And then they just kind of, brush it off yeah like it's she and she apologized she's like i'm sorry and i'm like what and and maybe that's due to the writing in the sense that like i don't think john hughes is a bad writer at all like if you look at his body of work like he's he's written some of the most amazing screenplays but at the same time maybe this was something that happened in the rewrites where it was definitely written more from a male perspective. Yeah. Like, oh, like that 1, what, like what the guy would want there in an ideal world. Dick all over like, this script. Oh, my wife would just forget it about just, this and it, the next day we'll be penis fine. penis literally turned the pages <laughs> while they were going through this script. I'm not kidding you. So, and then she apologizes like an and is like, you know what? I'll do it. I can be just like she was. Sure. And they run downstairs and they strip naked and skinny dip in the pool. Also, right. too, their kids are just like, oh, nah, shucks. dad. I guess we'll keep them, you know. Like, what the fuck? Right, right. I would be like, I would be so grossed out. Right. For some reason, I thought the entire motel got in the pool, too. But maybe that's just every other pool party. That's every probably every other pool party ever. No, that's almost yeah. famous that I'm thinking. Yeah. Of. When he jumps off the roof and everyone right. jumps Right, right, right. Right. So... To, they finally get to Wally World. They yeah. get there and it's closed for maintenance, right. of course. And so Clark goes a little nuts. Right. He goes up to the moose and the moose <laughs> talks. And that's Harold Ramis's voice, by the way. Like, Is it really? Hi, kids. We're closed for a few weeks. <laughs> and then he like punches the nose of the mascot. And then the voice is all muffled. He's like, hi, and so th- he goes and he loses his screws, buys a like BB gun from the sporting it. goods store. Although you don't know that it's a BB gun. Like you, can, you would assume, but any you don't trained know eye for sure. could tell like it's a BB gun. Well, I'm not a, a trained eye. Right. It, but I, I just so, assumed that it wasn't quite as dangerous sure. considering that the price <laughs> right. tag was still on or it. it. Shot blanks. Yeah. And the price yeah. tag is still on the trigger. So <laughs> like, Clark Griswold, it's just, he's repeatedly out of his element in mm-hmm. everything he does. Mm-hmm. And so he kidnaps security guard, John Candy and they end up going on all these these theme park rides which who's operating the rides exactly no one no one a ghost magic yes. because movie magic because movie has the to dick. happen the dick that turned the pages <laughs> is operating the rides. it's like an elephant trying to flip yeah. through a book <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so but uh, they so they end up sort of having the vacation and Clark kind of forces it on everyone. I'm like, we're going to have a good time. And you know? then uh, Roy Wally or whoever yeah, the main yeah, creator well, is, is yeah, who's yeah. supposed to be a makeshift for Disney. Yeah, essentially. And you can tell because he's got the little. so perfect. Yeah, Roy that, Wally played by Eddie Bragg. That could not have been cast any more perfectly. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was perfectly. so great. So, so the other thing, too, is that they get to Wally World. And this was actually something that I... I expected to happen right. and didn't because I was like the the park is under maintenance. Yeah, nothing was broken. Right, like well, I was expecting one of the roller coasters to go off its rails. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was expecting that. Yeah, that would have been interesting because if the park was under construction, yeah, maybe if it was under maintenance, like you know something had to have been broken. Right, I was expecting that. So the SWAT team shows up. <laughs> Cut to SWAT team showing up, <laughs> arresting everyone. Uh, Roy Wally showing up and being like, what, what's going on here? And then, then Chevy Chase ends up getting a moment with him. He's like, look, we came all the way from Chicago. <laughs> 
the park was closed. A dead relative. I killed the dog along the way. Right. Like we Wouldn't show up and it's closed. Wouldn't you do thing? the same for his He's family? Like, so no. he ends up appealing to his heart, you know. And uh, th- so they end up letting him go, and they all they all fly back home. I think. Don't no. They? No. Do they drive no. back home? No. It ends with the entire SWAT team and the entire family going on the roller, on the roller coaster. coaster, right? And then and then cue the postcards. Right. The trip. Exactly. And, and that's it. So again, it it almost felt quaint to me because you referenced there's something about mary i think of like the fairly brothers comedies Mm -hmm. and how again like how almost like raunchy push the envelope they were especially Mm -hmm. a movie like something about mary maybe dumb and dumber to an extent yeah um you know even movies like shallow hell which were a little bit more toned down toned down that was more of a love story than raunchy but you think of like american pie or movies like that where you're like whoa that this oh which eugene levy was also also in. in there we go Full circle. We can, yeah. Full Canadian about circle. Forget the Oracle of Bacon. Let's figure out the, the Oracle of Canadian of Bacon. The... <laughs> With Eugene Levy coming full yes, circle. That's yeah. amazing. Um, yeah. So it again, like there was a certain amount of charm to it in mm-hmm. the sense that you are dealing with a buffoon right. who was so optimistic, hell driven on getting his family to this theme park that again, he ends up going a little crazy in the car. Everyone's like, oh God, this is awful. Alan is dead. And he's like, I think you're all fucked in the head. <laughs> We're going to have a great time. We're going to have so much fun. You're going to be whistling Dixie out your assholes. I can relate to that. Right. Here's the thing. That's the thing is, is that I feel like that can appeal so much, especially yes. to, to any parent that has been in a hellish, mm. you know, trip like that. Like for me, my parents took me and Jordan. We went on a couple of different long trips, but there's one in particular I remember that was all in our mini Windstar van <laughs> that we went to Glacier National Park. And then we also went to Yellowstone, Oh, okay. which was great. We had yeah. an awesome time, but there were definitely like, there was a part where a, a bear actually attacked our our trailer while we were inside (laughs) like we woke up and our pop-up trailer was rocking side to side because the bear was trying to get in well there was honey in there right (laughs) and then you know jordan i think woke us up one night because he was dreaming out loud and he was yelling at my mom that there was money on the tree stump and (laughs) she had to actually talk him down and she's like we'll get it tomorrow and he's like oh okay (laughs) <laughs> so it's like you can relate if you've ever had any kind of more than one or two day road trip. Right. You can relate to and this. And again, it was it was based on John Hughes's actual right. 50 day vacation yeah. and any dad who's trying to like keep control of the trip because yeah. he's like logistics and this is back when you didn't have GPS and so he thought he knew where he was going at all times, but of course he's getting them into shitty situations and Right. So, yeah. Okay, so who would you if you would recommend this movie for any occasion for any person like mm-hmm. What what would you recommend this for? I feel like it's just a funny movie to put on. It's it's almost one of those background funny movies right. because it is so episodic in that this these is a events, chores movie. One event after another, after another, mm-hmm. after another. And so you can just kind of tune in when you want and then tune back out to whatever you're doing. Um, I, I feel like it's not so much a movie maybe with a group of friends in no. that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not quite sure who to recommend it to. So for me, at least I feel like this would be, this would be one of those things that you would think as an adult, if you had seen it as a kid, Oh, I can put this on and the kids can watch this while I bake Christmas cookies. No. And then they don't remember right. all of the awful shit. Oh, no. <laughs> they just remember the funny stuff and they don't remember some of the really graphic stuff right. that's in this. Right. Exactly. So that's the occasion I think that it would come on. So I would say don't, 
do that. Remember to watch it before you put it on. Right. This was one of the more better rated of the Lampoon's movies because you have really? Euro- European Vacation, you have uh, Christmas Vegas. Vacation, and you have Vegas. Yeah, I saw the Vegas one. Toby Maguire's in that one, I think. Yes, yeah. I think so. But Christmas Vacation, I think, is the is the more well-known one because it, it's a very funny movie, number uh-huh. one. Number two, I think... CBS or ABC played it every year, every oh, Christmas. So it got, it got a lot that, of like a Christmas story. repetitive Christmas story, like national sure. yearly attention. So um, I don't know. I I personally probably wouldn't watch this again. It was if it was on and I wasn't paying attention, I would probably leave it on. Sure. But sure. I mean, this is actually <clears throat> one of the few movies that I would say if you haven't seen it and are wondering if you should see it. I don't think you need to. Yeah. I don't think you really need to. Yeah. Again, rewatching it now, like, again, it has its charm. It has its subtlety in a way compared to maybe more recent comedies in the last 10 to 20 years. But right. it's not one of those movies that I'm like, oh, I can't believe I don't own this. Right. I'm like, I'm glad I watched it because it's a well-made movie, mm-hmm. but it's not one of like those, for me anyway, it's not like one of those necessity right. movies. Shall we get into trivia? Yes, let's do trivia. And cue trivia music. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall, who plays Rusty, who's the son, this yes. is pre-Breakfast Club. Right. Uh, did you notice anything funny about him at the end of the movie? I mean, other than looking goofy. <laughs> the only question now that I'm thinking about it, did he have his braces removed? He may have. That's one thing I didn't notice, but he's now three inches taller. Oh my God. Than Beverly D'Angelo. <laughs> So the, he just had a growing spurt Yeah, because this? the end was reshot, and I'll, I'll get into that. Oh. Um, it was reshot four months after Principal Photography wrapped. Oh. Um, so again, if you compare it to the beginning of the movie to the end, he's all of a sudden Much taller, taller. than his mother. Right. Um, there were a few <laughs> well-known moments that were actually improvised in the movie. Mm-hmm. Can you pick out one of them? We talked about it. An improvised moment mm-hmm. uh, where he punched the... No, no, that was scripted. Oh, I don't know. It was uh, when he kissed the sandwich and he did the sandwich dance. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Which is one of the better parts of the movie. so fucking ridiculous. It's so fucking stupid. Uh, Another moment was uh, when Rusty chugged the beer when he was talking with his dad. And then uh, the send-off prayer that they give on Edna after they leave her body on the patio. Chevy Chase improvised his whole oh, send-off prayer to her. Gotcha. So Harold Ramos was like, just sit, just say something. Just start just start <laughs> rambling. So John Candy is, he plays the security guard for uh, Wally World, who they end up kidnapping. Um, how much do you think he was paid? I'm going to just go crazy, because mm-hmm. I really like making crazy guesses. For 1983. For 1983. I was going to go with, nowadays, ultra-low-budget SAG scale, which is 125 a day. No, uh, Well, he his going rate was a million dollars. And for what? 1983, I think that's really fucking good. Like there were other there were other movies that people wanted him in, but they just couldn't afford his fucking rate. But he'd worked with John Hughes a lot. Um, so he and Candy had a good relationship, but a big chunk of the budget went to wow. John Candy. And I'm not totally sure if he was supposed to be in the movie, but because of reshoots, they may have hired him on because the ending, the original ending of the movie tested so poorly that they went back and reshot it. Interesting. So I think okay. they hired him on after the fact. Um, the original ending was the Griswolds show up. They end up taking hostages, i.e. John Candy again, but I don't think he was originally played by John Candy. Okay. So they end up taking security guards, security guards as hostages. And they make the, Clark is so crazy at that point that he makes these security guards do the Wally World song and dance. Oh my God. Like he makes them sing and dance for him. Right. Like, like they're animatronics. Right. And uh, Christy Brinkley 
was Wally's daughter, <gasps> who shows up at the end and convinces her father to let them go. Um, he flies them home, mm -hmm. but again, Clark is still so pissed off about not going to Wally World, he hijacks the plane. I what? Guess. Yeah, and you see there's a postcard at the end of the movie which shows them on, on the airplane. So they left the end credits in, but they went back and reshot the ending. It's a really that's, weird sequence that's of events. That's poorly handled. Um, the, uh, the, the dog sequence where yes. the dog is tied to the car. Right. Um, they received a ton of letters I because bet. of that. But they're not the letters you'd expect. What? What do you, what do you think the letters actually said? Uh, oh, uh, people saying, oh my God, I've done that. I've, do I've totally done oh that. Oh my they God. They received hundreds of letters. They're like, we appreciated that moment because that's something I've actually done. Oh Oh, I that makes me so no, sad. Oh, no. What if that happened to Rocket? No, I wouldn't think it's funny, but during that scene where like he and the state trooper are talking about like poor little fella. He probably gave probably up after gave a up, mile probably. or two. And like the both of them are like tearing up because they're trying so hard not to laugh. Right. And you could really see it in their faces like they're just trying to hold their shit together because right. it was so fucking funny. That's ridiculous. That's all I have for trivia. Pretty basic. Yeah. Yeah. I it made like... it, it made sixty million bucks at the box office off a fifteen million dollar budget. Okay. Rotten Tomatoes average rating is ninety three percent. Total film top top fifty comedies is number forty six. That the look on mad. your face, you are so that pissed That makes me off. mad. Um, it I was... want people to go back through and watch these movies again and re-review these. It's a really interesting, because again, like, I think... I, now I'm going to have a mission to go onto Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> and rate all of these to start bringing them down. Dear sir, <laughs> it's Megan again. <laughs> I just watched your movie. Does not live up to the hype. And you can tell, it's a really, and, and I never thought of this before until I did a little bit of research, you can tell that they were trying to go for that raunchier R rating, but also trying to make it family-friendly at the work. same time. That's and why it didn't work. truly, I felt like it didn't work all of the time. There were parts of it that right. did, it, but it was kind as of a like, complete movie, it didn't right. quite It mesh. was like if someone took two different quilts, cut them up, and tried to put them together, and it right. looked terrible. Right. They needed to commit to one or the other. I totally they agree. Just did, they didn't... They, Tried to commit to both. Yeah. So not like the best. It's still worth note. Yeah. Now you've seen National Lampoon's Vacation. I've seen it and... Let's cross it off the list. I <laughs> well, thank God. There's one. Um. So when we come back is when I was thinking we could do the two movies that you haven't seen. Oh, right. Because I was saying we I wanted to do another musical. Yeah. One is La La Land, which mm -hmm. is more recent. Yes. Um, but the other is Cabaret, which Ben was so ashamed that he had not seen that he kept it a secret from me until after. Literally our entire relationship. <laughs> yeah. He made sure. I was so scared to tell Megan <laughs> that I had not seen Cabaret because she does such an incredible Liza Minnelli impression <laughs> that I thought she would murder me in my sleep. <laughs> I know of the movie. I know of the plots. I know Joel have Grey you seen is the movie Or have you seen the show, Cabaret? I have not seen the show. Yeah, let's choose between a classic and a modern musical. I think that's great. Hopefully it won't be as bad as Greatest Showman, which apparently all of you listeners love. <laughs> and I don't understand why. Yeah, so we'll do some musicals next. Uh, thank you for your patience as we're gone next week mm -hmm. to celebrate our mowage. And uh, yeah, so we'll have that poll up 
either I don't know. We we can post it anytime. Certainly. So make sure you follow us on Instagram if you can at Soy Married to Cinephile. Instagram is Soy Married to Cinephile. Twitter is Simac S I M A C. And if you like our podcast and would like to support us, please be sure to go onto Anchor. You have the option of giving a little bit of money to say thanks for all the hard work that you do. Mm-hmm. It can be as little as a dollar. It can be as much as a hundred. Whatever you prefer. Uh, we would really love to to be supported. I mean, we're going to do this regardless. Yeah, we're going to do it anyway. But it'd isn't be nice. it nice to just do something for fun? <laughs> it is nice to isn't do it? something for fun. We're not experts, and we're not experts. We're just doing it because we're just doing it because we like to do it. We like storytelling. There's probably some narcissism, and in we here. like each other, and we like each other. We we enjoy each other's company. Yes, we're gross like that. So this has been a lot of fun. Thank you. We have to give a shout out to Anchor FM for hosting us, of Amazing. course, in their podcast lab. Us. So please listen, subscribe wherever you uh, download and get your podcast. Be it uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, whatever, whatever. Thank you guys, and uh, we will be back. Uh, next time with next uh, time. the musical of your choice. Yay. So happy voting and uh, take care of yourselves. Bye! Bye.